This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Well, we began our series called Locked Up, Not Out just last week. And throughout the summer, and probably a little bit beyond, we'll be focusing on Paul's four prison letters, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. It's going to be a great journey, so thank you for, for, for joining us. But writing from prison um, in circumstances that neither you or I would, would choose, Paul has some things to say to you and me about how we live out this faith, our trust in Christ, and how, how we, as a, as a faith community, as a, a church, live this out in a way that impacts our society. So, three le- of the letters to, were to churches. So, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. The four to, to Philemon, Paul's, Paul's friend. We'll be looking at that as well. And as we talked about last week, though um, uh, Paul's letters reflect his earthly position, that is, he is in prison, it's, I think, critical to note that he makes it clear that his imprisonment or his, his earthly position was first and foremost to Christ. And I think we need to remember that. We need to remind ourselves day in and day out that wherever we find ourselves, maybe in um, circumstances and situations that are not of our choosing. But as we live out this life, as we trust Him, we make an impact on, on the lives of those, those around us. Paul um, um, makes it clear that his imprisonment was first and foremost for Christ. He lived for Christ. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, he says this, For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of the Gentiles. So I have a question for you, and it is an, it's an obvious answer, but it's this. Did Paul's imprisonment take God by surprise, or was it part of God's plan and the spread of the gospel? Now, that's, there's an obvious answer that we're going to go, no, nothing takes God by surprise, and that is true. And so I just invite us um, to kind of live in, in, in that reality that wherever we are today, it didn't catch God by surprise. He knows exactly where you are, and He knows exactly where I am. Now, back to Paul. In Acts 23, uh, there's a description uh, of an event where Paul's life is in danger due to the uh, violent uprising between the Pharisees and the Sadducees as he stood before the council. Uh, he was taken away, and he was put into the barracks. One commentator describes that event this way. He says, undoubtedly, he was despondent, as he awaited the next turn of events in his cell in the fortress. But the following night, now something happens, the following night, the risen and exalted Jesus appeared to Paul. I mean, right in the middle of his circumstance, as he had done at other times during his ministry, and encouraged him by his presence. Acts 23.11 records it this way. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Now, if we were to spend, you know, just a few minutes on that, on that verse, we're going to move on in just a moment. Here's what we see. The Lord coming into the circumstance that Paul was in, but also telling him, I will be with you 
when you testify also in Rome. So I'm here now, but I'll be with you. And that's, that's true of Paul, but it was also, it's also true of you and me. Wherever we are, regardless, today, we don't know the future. He is with us today. He is with us tomorrow. So from a prison cell, Paul speaks to the topic of unity in the church and maturity of believers. So we're going to be talking about those things as we move through his prison letters. As we develop Christian disciplines, as we become equipped and understand our role in God's plan, we are better prepared to fulfill the purpose and the calling of God. Each of us individually and as a church, as we mature together. William Barclay, who is a commentator, said this, what was the church's true function in the plan of God? The church is the body of Christ. In fact, we have talked about that. The church, that is the big C, big C church, is to be the hands to do Christ's work, feet to run upon his errands, a mouth to speak for him, an instrument, a body through which he can work. And so Barclay, I think, effectively describes what your purpose is, what my purpose is, and what our purpose is. We are to be the hands and feet of Jesus to carry out his purpose. And what's his purpose? That all come to know him. He continues, the church must bring Christ to the world. And it is written, and is within the church that all the middle walls of, of, of separation must be broken down. It is through the church that the unity of all the discordant elements must be wrought out and achieved. It is the church who must preach the Christ in whom unity alone is possible. And it is within the church that this unity must be achieved and realized. Again, speaking to our, our purpose, Christ must be preached. Regardless of where we find ourselves or the circumstance that we are in. So I'll, I'll just say it this way. I'll take Barclay's um, commentary and say it in just one sentence. It is a mature and unified body of Christ that displays and preaches the one who alone reconciles mankind to himself. As we come together, as we mature and grow together, it's the body of Christ that puts Christ on display and shares uh, um, Jesus to the world, the only one who can reconcile mankind to the Father. God's plan for you and me is to mature as followers of Christ. So we talk about being disciples of Christ. So that's his plan for you. That's his plan for me. That's why we do our very, very best to teach the Bible. We're to mature. We're to become a functioning member of the body of Christ and work together in the spread of the gospel, the making of disciples. So we, we, we toss around, as we kind of dive into Ephesians, just the first chapter for a little bit, we kind of toss around a, a, a phrase quite a bit uh, that is used to speak of a, person, uh, a person's position in life. Now, you've heard it, I've heard it, you've used it, and I've used it as well. And here it is. Wow, they sure are blessed. And here's what we do. So we see them driving a really nice car. We go, whoa. Boy, they're sure blessed. Or we drive by their home, or we go into their home, we go, wow, they're sure blessed. Or, or maybe it's their kids, or their job, or, or their career. And so we go like, they, boy, God has really blessed them. They're living 
a blessed life, right? So I often will sign off on my correspondence, whether it be emails, texts, um, you know, letters every now and then with this word, blessings. Blessings. And I, and I think that's, that's appropriate for us too. But listen to how it's used in Ephesians chapter 1 because this is powerful. In Ephesians 1, um, we begin with the first verse, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, remember he's, he's writing to the church, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the next few verses have a heading, at least in my Bible, my version, spiritual blessings in Christ. Here they are. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, remember that, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose, purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. We, you, me, every follower of Christ lives a blessed life. Now, it, it, it prompts a question. And it's just this, do you know who you are? Let me hear it. That's a stupid question. I mean, of course I know who I am. I'm Tom. I'm, I'm Barry. I'm, I'm whoever. I, I know who I am. But do we really know who we are? And do we live in the reality of this blessed life? Do you know how you have been blessed? You know, you're like, oh yeah, I've got food. And that, that's true. We thank God for that. But, but Paul's describing some spiritual blessings here. And I just want to walk through them for the next few minutes because it's who we are. Now the word blessing, spiritual blessing, is a translation of a Greek, of a Greek word that means to speak, speak well of or speak in favorable terms. So he is being blessed. He's being spoke of in favorable terms. Now, since these blessings are the action of God, we can say that God has spoken good things or spoken favorably over us. We have received every spiritual blessing in Christ, think of that. Not what you and I deserve, because we certainly don't deserve it, do we? We don't. Um, not the result of our goodness. We've been talking about that. Not the result of our efforts, right? Or even our abilities at all. These are based on the work of God the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Spirit spiritual blessings. So let's take a look at some of them. Number one, chosen. Think about that. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. When, when was the last time you sensed that you were chosen? 
I mean, probably all of us can think back to um, that, that lineup, right? When we were in school and there was always a captain of the team. I was never the captain of the team. I was always in a lineup, right? And, and people began to, you know, they would choose you first, choose you second, choose you third, or choose you fourth. And maybe we can relate to being, being chosen last, but we, we, we know what, what it is to be, to be chosen. Christians are chosen people of God. Chosen people of God. I mean, like, when you wake up in the morning, maybe the first thing that should come to our minds is, I've been chosen. God chose me. Barclay, kind of re reflecting on this, on this blessing, says that this way, there's the fact of God's choice, it's you and me, the bounty of God's choice, the blessing that we live in knowing that, and then the purpose of God's choice. We, we talked about God's purposes just a moment ago. The blessing is that believers, many of whom are Gentiles here, were chosen or elected by God just as much as Israel. They were chosen. When we were dead in our sins with no ability to come to him, you, that's you, that's me, God extended his grace to us and offered us salvation. It's a spiritual blessing. We were, we were chosen. And, and speaking of God's bounty, God's choice, the bounty of his choice, God chose to bless us with blessings only found in heaven. These are things beyond our ability to obtain and only available through him that we might be holy and blameless, his purpose for you and me. Chosen. The purpose of being chosen is to reflect God's character in our daily life. So we understand who we are and the purpose. So we're, we're chosen. Number two, adoption. That's a spiritual blessing. Chapter 1, verse 5, adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. In Christ, we have full rights as God's children. Now, just think about that. As I was reflecting on this spiritual blessing, I began to, to think of the act of a, a, adoption. Now, you know people and I know people who, who have been adopted um, for whatever reason in life. Um, a parent or parents chose to give up their, their child for adoption and someone came along in that child's life and said, I choose you. And they adopt them, they bring them into the family. The act of adoption is love beyond imagine. And many here today, and maybe this is your story, um, Many have been on the side of ado adopting or adoption. I, I, I've seen an adoption t-shirt that simply says this, and I love it, chosen, chosen. I was chosen. Just think of the power of that reality for a moment. In spite of my past, in spite of my position, in spite of my life journey, I'm chosen. I've been chosen. I'm adopted. John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, we are children of God. Each and every one of us. We've been adopted into his family. Next spiritual blessing that Paul talks about, grace. Grace poured out. Chapter 1, verse 6, the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. 
Um, if you have the NLT version, it says this, or accepted in the beloved. We can think of it this way. We belong to the Son. Our sins are forgiven. And we stand before the Father perfectly accepted. How does he look at you and me? Does he look at us through all of our failures, um, our mistakes? You know, because we, we make them, don't we? We sometimes stumble on no. He looks at you and me through his son, perfectly accepted. That leads us to the next spiritual blessing um, that I, I just want us to live in the reality of. And I, and I, I think it's one that, that can maybe sometimes slip in the back of our minds that we've been redeemed. Verse number seven, chapter one, in him we have redemption through his blood. Redemption is a purchasing of one's freedom or paying the cost. The payment for our sins was fully paid by the blood of Christ. And so we do, we do pause, don't we, uh, each month and gather around the table when we remember his shed blood, um, the freedom that that, that brings. But, but I, I kind of wonder, especially for those of us who've been in this faith journey for a long time, how, how often perhaps this spiritual blessing might just kind of slip into the background of our minds as, as we as we do life right um, but the payment of our sins has been paid we've been redeemed we are no longer slaves to sin but we become slaves to God serving him and serving his purpose well the next spiritual blessing is insight go insight yeah insight um, chapter 1 verse 9 making known to us the mystery of his will his plan for all eternity Revealed through his son, Jesus Christ. What is God's ultimate plan? You know, and I know. It's ultimately to bring everything together in Christ. Um, lest we remember, his purpose for coming was to seek and save the lost and reconcile mankind to himself. God's ultimate plan is to bring everything together in Christ. He has made his will known. And then six, inheritance. Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Can you just imagine what's in store for you as a follower of Jesus and for me? So I often reflect on this when we gather in a memorial service. We're saying goodbye to someone who has passed on, who has, um, what do we say sometimes, changed their address. You know, and I always say it this way, like it is true that you you never you never die. You you never die. You just go from from this life into eternity. But when we think about um, eternity, um, the inheritance that we have, what do you think about? I was recently with uh, a person who um, has passed away, but right before shortly before they pass away, I, I asked that question, what do you think about heaven? What do, you, what do you think is in store for us? Let me, let me just, um, let me ask you this question. Think of a, uh, think of a place, have you, have you been in a place where you thought, I just want to invite someone here in order to see it, in order to see it? Where, where, where would that place be? Um, we're asked all the time that we give reviews, right? So, and, and I think for the most part, what we, we see reviews, what, one star, 
to five to five stars. So I had a, a dentist appointment today to have my teeth cleaned, which I absolutely hate. But I got a text following and said, would you would you rate us from one to five? See five being high. And so we rate these places, right? We, we, but we're in this this places where where we go like, man, you have you you just wouldn't believe this. You have got to see this. So Jen and I um, were just recently gifted by our, our kids um, uh, a seven-day vacation to Cancun, Mexico. We've never been there to a resort. It's our first first time, and um, we got there, and it was it was gorgeous. It, it was nighttime, but we walked into our room, and like we have never been in a room like this at all. Like we walked in, we opened the door, <laughs> and and there were rose petals scattered around the on the floor, and and um, on the bed. There were all of these rose petals. It was it was cool. It was it was gorgeous, and then and then beside the bed there was the big sliding doors, and here was this huge bathtub, and it was already full and it had bubbles. And guess what I had in there? Like I had rose petals. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, on the bed the rose petals were in the shape of, of a heart. See, they sent us there for our anniversary. So what did we do? Well, we got on the phone and we called. And we FaceTime like you have got to see this. You can't believe it. I'd like for you just to think about what's in store for us. Right? What's in store for you? What's in store for me? Consider your inheritance as a follower of Jesus. Um, Paul, Paul um, I'll say it this way. Paul gives us a little bit of FaceTime, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, here's what he says. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. We all have loved ones, don't we, who have who have passed on, my mom. And I think I think of her often. Um, whenever we sing that worship chorus about um, the heroes of the faith. My mind goes to people like my mom and those who I have loved dearly in life, and maybe that's your experience too. But the joy of thinking about where they are and what they're experiencing, it's like they, they walked into this room, and I can't wait for you to see it. I mean, if they could FaceTime us describe what they're seeing I think it would be it'd be something that we go like I just can't even imagine and I don't think we can because and that's what Paul says your eye hasn't seen you haven't even heard you can't even imagine what God has in store for you it's a spiritual blessing as we live in the reality of these and I believe other spiritual blessings we understand and we're reminded that we are deeply loved and chosen by our Father. Can you just think about that for a moment? I mean, like, maybe you can even say that, I am chosen, I am chosen. And that's something that we have to keep, I think, in the forefront of our minds. Like, I am chosen by God our Father, the creator of this universe. We have been redeemed through the precious blood of Christ. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves me. That's how much he loves Mankind, he gave his life for you and me.
and as a son or daughter, our future inheritance is guaranteed. Let me conclude with just a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You see, nobody, nothing can steal it away from you or, or from me. It's guaranteed and sealed by the Spirit. So I'd like to close in prayer. And the next week we're going to be continuing on in our, in our journey through Ephesians. But you think through these spiritual blessings, what is it that God's saying to you? Are you living in the reality of, of who you are? And you've been blessed by God. Do we deserve it? No, no we don't. But can we live in the reality of it? Yes, yes we can. So maybe it's just being reminded that you've been chosen, that we're adopted, that we're loved, um, that we have an inheritance. What is he saying to you today? I'd like to pray for you. And then let's, let's together pray this, shall we? That as we live out his purpose individually for our own lives, and then as a church, we just talk about gateway, that lives will be impacted and more and more people will come to know how much they are loved by God and they have been chosen by Him. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I thank you for the time that we have had just looking into your word, into um, Paul's letter, Lord, that wasn't just a, a letter for the past. It, it's about today. It's about each and every one of us. So, Father, I would pray that you would impact our hearts and lives with the reality of who you are and who we are in Christ Jesus. In your name, amen.